This is our number three of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each and every Sunday we get together, we talk about the news of the week and the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. And Leah, as you well know, we don't have many guests on this program. No. There's never room. Never room. Well, that's part of the reason. The other reason is because we don't like too many people. No. Um, and we especially don't like too many public people. But our Well, get- saying there's never room was a polite way to, <laughs> to say that. <laughs> of course, there's the other element of this is that very few prominent people will come on with us for, for good reason. But but that's enough said about that. Here's, here's where I'm going with this. In this hour, we're going to be joined by a person who we're both very well acquainted with and we have a lot of admiration for. He's a filmmaker who we got to meet uh, almost 10 years ago. Can you believe it, Leah? No, no, that's, that's stunning to me. Almost 10 years ago, uh, when he was the writer of an ABC docudrama, two-part miniseries called The Path to 9-11. Uh, which One of he, the best movies ever, ever made. True, and it's still, unfortunately, not uh, usable for uh, public consumption. Disney has put the wraps on it. You can't get the DVD unless it's out of Cyrus's garage. That's that's literally true. Uh, Which was, I seriously still need one. <laughs> oh, I can hand, I can handle I can get, make sure that gets done. Um, Good. Uh, but uh, ABC never rebroadcast the incredibly well done miniseries The Path of 9/11 after it originally aired, and uh, you and I saw it before it aired, and, and we knew back in our KFI days in Los Angeles that this was going to be trouble. Yeah. Uh, ABC and Disney didn't realize it was going to be trouble because they underestimated how much the Clintons wanted to destroy it. And the Clintons got it edited and effectively censured, censured, uh, censored to use the proper word. And um, and unfortunately, it's never been heard from since, except for a documentary film that I made about uh, that miniseries called "Blocking the Path 9/11." And Cyrus Narasta was, of course, the star of that documentary film. And we've become very good friends ever since. And so he's now uh, coming back on the program. Uh, because he's got a brand new movie coming out called The Young Messiah, which is every bit as good as The Path to 9-11. And I really, really, I don't just want people to go see it. I need people to go see it. And I need people to go see it on March 11th when it opens nationwide. That's uh, when I'm seeing it. Without further ado, uh, Cyrus Narasta, welcome back to the John and Leah Show. Thanks, John. It's great to be with you. Hi, Leah. Hi, Cyrus. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Well, um, Cyrus's audio is really pretty low. It's low. Yeah, it's very low. Is there something I can do in here to help with that? Cyrus. You want me to to speak up? Yeah, (laughs) I don't understand why it's incredibly low. This is is just terrible. Um, Let's see see what we can do with this. I I can hear you fine. Well, that's, you know, this is very um, high-tech technology here in, uh, in a 2016, doing radio interviews over the phone. Um, so, you know, this might be, this is something that we might not be able to physically handle here on the John This Lee. might be the other reason we don't have a lot of guests. <laughs> that, that could be it. Um, let me, this, all right, let's see what we can do here. All right, so Cyrus, um, first things first, um, let's talk about uh, the movie The Young Messiah coming out. Um, March 11th, this starts in your life m- numerous years ago as a book by Anne Rice called um, uh, The Christ the Lord, and now turns into a major motion picture, The Young Messiah. Tell people about why they need to go to their movie theaters on March 11th to see The Young Messiah. Because it's the greatest story never told. 
It's the story of, of uh, the lost years of Jesus as a child, age seven, coming to the full realization, full comprehension of who he is. Um, well, and that's an incredibly important point, Cyrus, is that we've never seen this before. Uh, why do you think, by the way, we've never seen the life of Jesus Christ as a child uh, before? Because it would seem so obvious. I mean, when you're talking, obviously, about Jesus Christ, he's the biggest, quote-unquote, celebrity you could possibly ever imagine doing a movie about. He's the most well-known person that's ever walked the face of the planet. We know all about his birth story. We know about the crucifixion and the resurrection. But no one's ever done the story of him as a child. Why is that? Probably because it's not in the Bible. And so how did you make a movie about something that's not in the Bible? Well, look, it's, it's informed conjecture. We're imagining one year in his life based on the Anne Rice novel. And Anne really knows her stuff. Uh, when she wrote the book, she cited her sources. Um, it, 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 was, it was great. Now, are you, are you hearing me better, John? I'm, I'm hearing you fine. Okay. And I just think that her... Her sources are, you know, pretty broad, but at the same time, the kind that theologians are sort of aware of, they're very specific. And what we had to do in making our version of the story was sort of revisit some of those sources, but also talk to theologians, talk to biblical scholars, and just make sure we weren't doing something that was going to offend our audience. And so how did you get to do that? How did you end up doing that? Well, you know, you have people read early drafts of the script, um, give us their notes and their thoughts. Are we doing something that's just, you know, science fiction that's just out of the blue and crazy? Um, but, you know, the bottom line is our choices about what Jesus does as a child are based or guided by what he does. Uh, did as an adult as revealed in the Bible. So we think his character actually is quite consistent, and we've gotten incredible cross-denominational support from, you know, people who've seen it in advance uh, screenings, religious influencers, uh, pastors, uh, just across the country have come aboard, Cardinal O'Malley, Cardinal Dolan, um, the Southern Baptists have endorsed the movie, uh, which we were told would never happen. We got focus on the family, Campus Crusade. So, you know, we had expected actually more resistance and pushback than we've gotten. Well, I have seen the movie, The Young Messiah. It is fantastic. Uh, it has my absolute highest recommendation. And by the way, it has my wife's highest recommendation and my three-year-old daughter Grace's highest recommendation. Although I will say, I will say that Grace's recommendation may have been influenced by the fact that she got to have M&Ms while watching the movie. So that may have played a role. Uh, but it kept, in all seriousness, it kept even my three-year-old daughter Grace's attention for the entire movie, which is pretty remarkable for a non-animated film, um, uh, you know, that's a normal length movie. Do, do you see this as a movie that people ought to bring their kids to, and if so, how young? Well, can we get an endorsement from Grace in writing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> happy to work on that for you, sire. She should do a video, because for sure she'll bring them in then. <laughs> Maybe she can bring in the kids. We need that demographic. Well, well, in, but in all, but in all seriousness, uh, this is, a, and I think, if you've got kids, 
maybe as young as three and a half. You know, my, my daughter's pretty precocious, but she was able to hang in through the whole thing and really enjoyed it, M&Ms or not. Um, but I, I really believe that if you are a family that cares even at all about uh, Jesus Christ and his life, that this is a movie that is a must-watch for kids. Would you agree? No, I would agree. Look, the child, uh, Jesus, in our movie is age seven. I certainly feel comfortable with seven-year-old uh, year old kids and up seeing this movie. And one thing I've heard from pastors across the board is they're always looking for new resources, new tools to get children, you know, excited about their faith. What better than a movie about young Jesus? Absolutely. Cyrus, um, you know, I know that you wanted to release this in time for Easter, but speaking in general in timing... It just seems to me that now the state of our country, the state of our world, um, it's very fortunate that your movie is coming out now. I think people are just hungry, uh, you know, for some kind of spiritual something. Um, And there isn't anything about Jesus at this age. And I think people are really, really looking for that. Well, I hope so, and I think so, and honestly, I think there's a need for it out there uh, more than just, you know, this time of year or now present circumstances. Um, And, you know, this is the time of year that they released the biblical movies, what they call the movies for the faith-based audience. But um, I think, you know, we we need more of these, and... um, well, well, we'll we'll see. I've been screening it, like I said, across the country, and the response has been really terrific. And even those people who come in with skepticism manage to sort of toss it aside once they, you know, get involved in the movie. All right, we're speaking with uh, Cyrus Narasta. He's the director and the co-writer, along with his wife Betsy, of a brand new major motion picture, which will be coming out March 11th, called The Young Messiah, which you have to go see on March 11th. We're going to talk more about the movie itself and the story of Jesus as a child, but also about the remarkable story of this movie getting made, which will tell you an awful lot about the nature of the industry. You won't want to miss that when we come back. More with Cyrus Narasta on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. We're joined by Cyrus Narasta, who is a writer and director, filmmaker, who has an amazing new movie coming out on March 11th called The Young Messiah. You may recall him from uh, the controversy involving the path to 9-11. And uh, he has done a couple of amazing things since then, but nothing better than the movie that's going to come out March 11th called The Young Messiah. Unfortunately, we're having some technical difficulties with the phone line, which is really just flipping amazing um, and quite frustrating. So we're going to try to muddle through here at least for for one more segment. And Cyrus, if you could just try to keep your voice up as much as possible, that would be great. I apologize. This is insane. And uh, someone's going to. Someone is going to pay for this, but um, Uh-oh. <laughs> um, but but this is too important to just drop. Uh, so so Cyrus, you know, I, you and I have been very good friends for for many years, ever since the path to 
and the documentary film that you participated in that I did on, on the, that whole controversy. And I know that this particular movie has been many, many years in the making, and at least on a couple of a different occasions, looked like it was not going to happen. In fact, I remember getting an email from you after you went over to Italy to start filming the first time for The Young Messiah, where uh, I believe the, the email subject line was, devastating because uh, you thought everything was a go you, you were about to start filming and the whole thing fell apart and in a sense your movie is a resurrection story of uh, itself which is appropriate given the subject matter of a young uh, Jesus Christ tell us a little bit more about that well you know uh, we had some people involved whose methods were unsound and uh, unfortunately yeah we had to stop and that's a death knell usually for any movie. You're done. It's over. Uh, we were $3 million in the hole. That's what we had spent. We were building sets, costumes, casting. This is early 2013. And um, so basically, you know, we had to come back and try to keep this thing alive. Uh, I'd say the, the person most responsible for that is Tracy Price uh, of Orange County, who helped me on uh, Soraya. He sort of came to the rescue of the young Messiah. It took a year and nine months to get the movie back up, but we did get it back up. It, it was mm. a resurrection, definitely. <laughs> and, and and most recently, the you know, let's be clear, this is not a, a minor motion picture. This is a major motion picture. Christopher Columbus, 1492, of Harry Potter fame, is one of the key people behind this. But you're now most recently having to deal with a shakeup at Focus Films, which is key to the distribution of this film. And so how have you been able to endure that situation? Well, you know, Focus Features, which is part of Universal, um, stepped up as distributor of this movie, and the people over there were terrific and loved the project, loved the film. Um, we're coming out, and we are coming out March 11th in nearly, I don't know, anywhere between 1,500 and 2,000 screens Gosh. across the country, which is great. The problem is the people who nurtured this movie, who, who were marketing it and who were, you know, who, who, who were our saviors in a way, um, all got their pink slips. So they're basically, there's a shakeup at the studio, and they're moving on. And so, you know, it put us in a bit of a tailspin. But um, we're doing the, we're, we, we've had a great ground game, a great sort of faith-based campaign across the country. And um, you know what? It's in God's hands. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I mean, it really is. And, you know, I, Cyrus, everywhere I look, I see that trailer. And, uh, you know, one of the people that, that I work with uh, is very centered in Christ. And uh, I asked him if he had seen the trailer yet. And by the end of the trailer, uh, he had chills on his arms. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's great. No, I think Focus put together that trailer. They also came up with this title because Anne Rice's original book was called Christ the Lord. Well, that doesn't tell you that right. it's about Jesus as a child. Right. Correct. So, Cyrus. Uh, this title change was great. Cyrus Narasta, the filmmaker behind The Young Messiah, opening March 11th. This is the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. We should have played this song a long time ago. <laughs> why, why is that? I love this song. I know. We needed it earlier in the night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need it kind of now after that uh, technical debacle. Oh, with, that's true. With our uh, buddy Cyrus Narasto. I am profusely apologetic to the audience and to Cyrus for for that issue. I'm not even sure why that happened, uh, but uh, I can assure you that uh, someone's going to get a nasty email about uh, why it is we can't do a <laughs> well, phone interview. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, um, not, not, my, uh, not my favorite thing that's happened in an already very bad week. Um, but look, I, I don't want the major point to be lost here because of a you know, lousy phone uh, situation. Uh, Cyrus is a great filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, and and a, he's a tremendous friend, but he has a gift. And it's a gift that uh, is getting lost in filmmaking because quality filmmaking doesn't really matter anymore. Now it's about, you know, what you can blow up for how much money you can blow it up for and using what, graphics and what, you know, what you can do in the computer and and, uh, you know, what star you can get to to be in your movie. Right. Um, and he's got this movie called The Young Messiah coming out on March 11th. And by the way, you know, I, I don't do um, – well, we don't do any endorsements right now, though we might Ever. S- soon uh, on the John and Leah show. But I don't like doing endorsements. This is not an endorsement. I'm not being paid. But I'll tell you something. Uh, you will thank me if you go see this movie. You, in fact, in fact, you know what? If you go see this movie, uh, The Young Messiah, and you don't like it, email me and I'll pay you back the admission price for your ticket. Personally, I promise. Whoa. Because it's not going to happen. Because you're going to. I'm th- tweeting that. You just feel, to let you know. Feel, feel free, because because it's not going to happen. You're you're going to love this movie. Uh, it's a movie about something you've never seen before. I mean, my gosh, you you know how few stories there are left that have a lot of meat on the bone that no one's ever told before. Well, this, listen, this, people are hungry for this. I mean, seriously, just the idea of it, just to get the grasp of, you know, what may it have been like, uh, you know, in this year when he's finding out who he is. Well, I, I agree with that. And I hope your assessment of where we are as a society is is true. I I don't know. I I have my doubts. I'm a I'm a pessimist by nature. Cyrus and I have talked for hours and hours about all the machinations and all, and, and he alluded to some of it. But it's a miracle. Talk about miracles, you know, with Jesus. It's a miracle this movie even got made. Uh, it got made on the level that it did. You know, from a major major uh, distribution company and. As I mentioned, Christopher Columbus from, among other things, Harry Potter fame and, you know, nationwide theater distribution. But, you know, you, you have a very small window in this day and age with movies to make your mark. And so if you're going to go see this movie, you got to go see it March 11th, 12th or 13th or else it doesn't count, folks. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm telling <laughs> you. Have you have to see it the first weekend yes. for sure, you know, for it to count. But look, he always wins in the end, John. So don't have faith. Have faith, John. It's all going to be fine. You mean Cyrus wins in the end or or Jesus does? Jesus wins in the end every time. Oh, okay. (laughs) You just chill out. It's going to be all good. Um, Well, I I hope so. Um, You know, he mentioned the fact that the, the head of Focus Features just literally just as their movie was about to hit, uh, got relieved of his duties and is That's sad. Uh, and and basically has 
you know, the, the company has very little. You know how this works. People always want to glob on to what they can get credit for. And if no one's going to no be able to get credit for it because the guy who's in charge is leaving, then all of a sudden, you know, you don't get any support. It doesn't matter if it's a good movie or bad movie. This is a fantastic movie. This is a movie unlike you're going to be able to see anywhere else on a subject matter that's never been done before. Uh, you can be able to take your kids to go see it, uh, and they'll love it. Uh, and they probably will want to go see it again, and they're never going to forget it because of the of the of the nature of the film, the subject matter, the impact. Yeah, the impact of it is is just tremendous. Uh, and so, frankly, if you're a parent uh, of kids who uh, are are of the right age, and you know, I, I personally think five years or older is is just fine for this particular movie. If you're if you're a parent who wants your kids to understand the story of Jesus and you don't take them to go see the young Messiah, it's parental malpractice. Yes, I, it I, is. I'm, I believe that. I'm telling you. Um, and and it's a it's an incredibly well done movie. Cyrus, as I said, is a gifted filmmaker. You saw that with the path to 9/11. Every single shot in this movie is beautifully done. It is tremendously well written by himself and his wife Betsy Narasta. Uh, you have a strong Joseph character, which you never see in popular films. Right. Uh, I, I mean, that's that's one of the things that's going to stun people is that you're going to see a strong Joseph, a strong Mary. Jesus is a child, uh, basically understanding himself to be the Messiah. Thus, the the movie's name, the Young Messiah. Uh, and I, and people who know me know I'm not even a very religious person. I grew up Catholic. And I'm, I'm referring to myself as a recovering Catholic. I'm telling you, this movie is going to appeal to you, even if you, you're not religious. And no matter what your your Christian denomination might be, there's nothing in it that's going to offend you. They have done a remarkable job of being able to thread a needle that nobody thought they could possibly thread, which was to please every single sect of Christianity in a story that there there's no biblical foundation for. <laughs> no I mean, template. Right. So, I mean, it, that is another element of the miracle that was this film. And, you know, the other element being that, as I, as I referenced with Cyrus, I mean, he really was devastated a couple of years ago when they started or all about to film this thing. They had everything ready to go. They were over in Italy. Uh, and then all of a sudden the rug got pulled out from under them. Uh, and he thought this was a no-go. He thought it was over, done. And, you know, thanks to basically one guy, Tracy Price, a conservative uh, out of uh, Orange County, a guy well-known in conservative politics in Orange County in Southern California, who has been uh, very supportive of Cyrus, basically single-handedly saved this thing. And now on March 11th, it's coming out nationwide in theaters, and you got to go see it, folks. If you, do, if you do nothing else in the history of the John and Leah show that – um, that I've ever asked you to do. This 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 goes above not voting for Donald Trump in the primary. Okay. It's, yeah. You gotta go see the Young Messiah, and you gotta go see the Young Messiah on March the 11th. First weekend. Right, March 11th, 12th, or 13th, and you will thank me. You you. I am more positive of this than anything else I've ever said in the history of the John and Leah show. You will thank me once you go see the the Young Messiah that first weekend on March 11th. And uh, go check out, as you already referenced, the, the trailer. Uh, it's which, so good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it, it, it really, you know, you got to go see it to, to fully appreciate it. But just on YouTube, uh, search The Young Messiah, and you'll see it. And there's a couple different ones uh, that you'll, you'll enjoy. And they've gotten tons and tons of views. 
so we may try to get Cyrus back next week before the movie comes out, assuming we can get this damn phone line fixed. Um, but the most important thing here is uh, this is a movie that's a must-see. It's called The Young Messiah, opens March 11th. And when we come back in the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show, we'll wrap things up with a couple thoughts on the Academy Awards, uh, the most ridiculous statement made in the media that I saw this week, and uh, why I got suspended from Facebook today, um, all of which is somewhat related. We can on, cover all that. <laughs> we're going to do our best on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. A bunch of things I want to get to in this final segment. By the way, if you missed any of the program, you can catch our podcasts both uh, on SoundCloud and now on iTunes, Apple iTunes, at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Make sure you subscribe to, and if you can, write a review of the show for our iTunes Podcasts. Again, you can find that link at www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. The Academy Awards were tonight, and Spotlight ended up winning Best Picture, which is interesting because I, when I saw Spotlight, I told a couple of key people in the, uh, the Penn State quote-unquote scandal, which I've been covering far too much for the last uh, four-plus years, and about which I know more than any other human being alive, including Jerry Sandusky, uh, I told them that there was a darn good chance this was going to win the Academy Award. Uh, it's a movie about the Boston church sex abuse scandal. And I thought it, it was definitely Academy Award worthy, certainly much more than The Revenant, which was yeah. a, a horrendously overrated movie. Uh, I, I don't really agree that Leonardo DiCaprio won for Best Actor on Revenant, but I can deal with him winning Best Actor because at least, you know, he went through a, a big ordeal and had to go... Oh, please. I mean, that, that was, that's basically what he won the award for. Um, but at least he... Tra- His you know, life is so rough. Yeah, it's it's a tough deal. It's, it's, I'm glad that he finally had a break. Um, he finally yeah. caught a break, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio did, by winning the Academy Award for Revenant. Um, but um, to me, the best movie I saw this year, the two, the two best, were uh, The Big Short, which, interestingly enough, <laughs> without getting too deep into it, if you watch The Big Short, which is about the the real estate uh, bust uh, um, of 2007-2008, uh, and, um, and Spotlight, about the child sex abuse scandal of the Catholic Church, you watch those two movies, you understand how the, the Penn State quote-unquote scandal scam actually happened. Um, of course, you just you need to understand that everything's the opposite of what you've been told. Uh, but the, the the other good movie I saw not was ju- not not just the the big short, um, but the movie I'll forever remember from this year uh, is Inside Out, the animated film about a young girl's emotions. And I'm sure that's mostly because I have a three year old daughter, and it was one of the. You first... never would have seen that before. <laughs> no, probably if you didn't have a daughter. <laughs> probably would not have. Um, one of the, it was the second movie she ever saw in a theater. She saw Cinderella this past year too. 
uh, which was also pretty good. But Inside Out is just fantastic uh, on so many levels and, you know, made me cry, which nothing makes me cry. Uh, and my daughter, st- my daughter still asks me about it all the time. Daddy, why'd you cry at Inside Out? Um, and it's, and you got to watch. You tell her because Tiger Woods broke your heart. <laughs> no, no, that's the other reason you cry. <laughs> I never cried over Tiger Woods, but I did cry at Inside Out. Um, all right. So that's the Academy Awards. Um, there was there was a clip that I wanted to play. Um, do, do we have the clip in in, in question? Ah, oh, let's roll with it and see what we got. <laughs> okay, right. it's been a night. <laughs> All right, well, it's been a terrible. This is like the worst hour in the history of the John and Leah show, but we'll get through it. So uh, here's the deal. Um, you know, the news media is full of crap in general, and, and they're all frauds, and they're particularly frauds on the issue of race, uh, and they're a bunch of hypocrites. And a guy named Larry Wilmore, who has a show on the Comedy uh, Central station network comedy network Mm -hmm. um which used to be hosted by stephen colbert and so it's it's a semi-political it's taken seriously in a lot of political media circles even though it's supposed to be a comedy show and larry wilmore is a black guy who this past week um made the assertion that marco rubio and ted cruz are not real hispanics do we have uh, anything resembling a clip from Larry Wilmore on that issue? Let's give it a go. Maybe. Maybe. Oh. Okay. We'll have it as soon as our video, uh, our advertisement is over. You know what? Okay. Let's let's just let's just pretend that the audience understands that I'm not lying, and you can Google it if you want. We don't need the clip. So Larry Wilmore makes this statement. Now, why do I care? Why should you care? Because here's who Larry Wilmore is. Larry Wilmore, as I told you, is a black guy. Very, very light-skinned black guy, which in some circles you might be able to say means he's not a real black guy. But that's not where I'm going with this, at least not directly. I know Larry Wilmore. I know Larry Wilmore very well because we belonged to the same 98% all-white ritzy country club in Los Angeles where he and I used to play golf on a frequent basis, and in fact, I gave him golf lessons, where, okay. where where he would often where he would often talk about how much more conservative he really was than it might appear in public and on television, where he's uh-huh. got to where he's got to play the liberal. So I'm so I got to watch this Larry Wilmore, a guy who I used to be friends with, invited him to my wedding, by the way, although he didn't come, who is an incredibly light-skinned black guy who pretends constantly, constantly, to be down with the black man's struggle and to be in this huge liberal and Black Lives Matter and white conservatives suck. He's playing the role. Exactly. That's all it is. It's an act. And here he is being taken seriously in some media circles because he has the gall to claim Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz aren't real Hispanics. Oh, um, I'm sorry that I um, blew a gasket on that one because that's that is, there's certain levels of hypocrisy that are not acceptable even in this day and age. And Larry Wilmore telling me who is and who is not a real Hispanic when he's the whitest black guy on the planet pretending to be Mr. Black Guy on television <laughs> is too much even for me to take. All right. Uh, so I got that out of my system, which is good. Uh, one more thing. Facebook, I, Facebook, yeah, Facebook. Yeah, I got to get out of my system one more thing. So so this has been a rough week uh, psychologically for me uh, because of the whole Trump sanity thing. And um, 
And so, you know, I battle with people all the time on Twitter and on Facebook. And um, it's just torturing yourself. You know that, right? You're a masochist or are you a sadist? I'm not sure which one. <laughs> um, that would be masochistic. And okay. you're probably right. And, <laughs> and so in the process, you know, sometimes it gets a little nasty. Now, I do not go over the line. I never threaten anybody. I don't use Mm-mm. I try very hard not to use profanity. And I did nothing remotely close to violating Facebook guidelines or standards. But today I got. I got boxed out of, I got uh, kicked out of or suspended from my Facebook page for like a week. Um, and the way Facebook does this is is so uh, 1984-ish. I mean, th- there's no human being in the process. They, they don't explain what they did or what why the decision was made. I was suspended because a statement I made to a Trump supporter where I said, and this is exactly what I said. I said, I can assure you I am right about this. And then I wrote G-F-Y. That's the letters I wrote. G-F-Y. G-F-Y. Now, the only thing that could be remotely considered inappropriate was the G-F-Y because of what I meant for it to say. Oh. Okay. <laughs> now, but, but G-F-Y could also being good for you or, you know, also, G-F-Y could mean all sorts of different things. Um, I did not write out what they apparently determined that GFY meant. So this person complains to me about uh, to Facebook about me. Facebook then, because I've had prior situations where people have made complaints, their their computer program automatically presumes I'm guilty. Even with no human being in the process to determine, well, wait a minute, what the hell is GFY? So, so we're now suspending people with no human being in the process simply for using an acronym that could mean literally anything, literally anything, with nothing it, remotely it could appropriate. Be the past complaints, Zig. Right, but I don't have any complaints. You see on Facebook, but, but, they're, but the complaints are all based in political targeting it's not because that's true it's not because i here's why this matters okay it's not because of things that i've said or done that are remotely against facebook standards it's that they have these liberals at facebook have set up these rules where there's no human being in the process where they're actually giving huge incentives to people to tattletale or to to complain about something that's not a violation. And because there's not a human being involved, the computer algorithm just presumes you must be guilty because after all, if all these people are complaining about you and you know you're not a terrorist. You're, you're uh-huh. you know look, if I was a terrorist organization, they'd protect me. Because then it would be a free speech issue. Or if I was a black person, I'd probably get protected because then you know that would be racist because if a black person can say whatever the heck they want. But let's check Check. Uh, it's, you know, it's a white male. He appears to be conservative. A bunch of Unless people complained about him. Unless you were you know, supporting Hillary. If you were a Hillary supporter, then you could okay. basically say whatever you want. So here's why this matters. This is the future of, quote-unquote, free speech. And I realize it's not a First Amendment issue because Facebook isn't the government. But it, but for all intents and purposes, this is that we're, we're heading as a society. Places like Facebook and Twitter are going to have huge influence yeah. over what's allowed to be said and what's not allowed to be said. And it's clear that it's not the same rules for everybody. And it's also clear that you're giving a massive incentive for the complainers 
The whiners. And who are they going to be? there's so many of them. Right. By the way, those aren't conservatives, okay? No. They're, 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 the conservatives don't go around, I'm going to complain to Facebook because somebody <laughs> insulted me and told me I was wrong. No, that's what liberals do. And so li- these liberals at Facebook have set up the situation where free speech and free expression have no chance. None. Especially if you're a white male conservative. All right. All right. I'm going to go try to not have a stroke. Uh, Leah, thanks for bearing with me tonight. I appreciate it. I'll see you next Sorry week. Sorry for the technical issue there, yeah, Zig. A, Sorry about right. that. We'll be back better next week on the John and Leah Show podcast tomorrow at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Till next week, have a good one. <laughs>